Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life. Good afternoon, Ramey. How are you? Good, good, good. How are you, Bonnie? I'm doing great. I'm sitting in a hotel room by myself in Las Vegas, Nevada. I had to pop down here for a quick couple of days to take a class for my um, massage practice. So um, threw in all my podcast equipment. And so here I am all by myself in my dimly lit uh, hotel room, but I'm not complaining. How are you? Good. And you got to spend a little time with your daughters and your grandkiddos, right? Yes, I did. We came down a a day early and um, spent some time with my daughter, Melissa, and her beautiful little girls, Lennon and Luna. And then Melissa kept the little one and my husband met me down here. So we actually got to go out and have we had a first time we've had a weekend together since Easton came to live with us four years ago. So you got to play adults. How about that? We did (laughs) right up to like 11 o'clock at night. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You party kids. (laughs) Cocktail or two. And yeah, it was fun. It was well worth it. So what's up with you? What's new? What's new? What's new? Let's see. I had my first little trade show kind of event which was fun i got to meet some really interesting people so that was good and then um we've got the event on sunday for um focusing on self-care and that'll be yeah it's on sunday so hopefully people will hear this and they'll be able to get booked up pretty quick for that here in harlingen if they happen to be listening in this area um cool yeah, so good stuff on the horizon and yeah. excited, excited, excited. Very cool. You've got a um, retreat coming up in about a month too. I do yeah. in November. So that'll be the first women's retreat. So good things. Keep yeah. rolling. I got my, today I got confirmation that my um, yoga instructor will be able to be there. So that was good news. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Good for you. Yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I'm going to miss you. It would have been fun, but yeah. we've still got to figure out, you know, okay, so this is crazy listeners. Bonnie and I have never met physically. Yeah. So we're both Jones and to give each other a hug and we've, how long, what, three years now that three we've years. been yeah. talking and have yeah. yet to meet face to face. So mm-hmm. we're planning on doing that soon in the next few months, next three, four months, probably. So soon we'll as make we that can. happen. Yeah. 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 Stand by. <laughs> Maybe we'll actually do a podcast together in the same room. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> All right. So, Ramey, we have a um, in- very interesting topic today. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy our guest and the information so. she's bringing us. So do you want to um, take it, hand it over to you and you take it and introduce yeah. our guest? Absolutely. So today's topic, we're really going to focus in on finances and we're going to do it in a way, though, that we start talking about retirement. And here we are in our 40s, 50s what are we going to do if we didn't prepare right? What are we going to do and how are we going to help ourselves? So our guest today will really be able to give us some good tips and hints and on how to do this. So today we've got Judy Easley Marshall. I went to high school with somebody with Easley as the last name. I wonder if you're related. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, She's a native (laughs) of Madison County, Iowa, and currently lives in her hometown, returning after 35 years to care for her mother. She enjoys playing golf with her husband, driving her convertible, fast with the top down, gardening, and writing blogs, novels, and stories from her own experiences. 
Her golden doodle Ruby is a constant source of comic relief, while the rest of her four-legged family, a Llewellyn setter, I'm not familiar, so I'll have to look that up, whose name is Cricket, and two cats roll their eyes. (laughs) Um, Judy is a hometown girl with a huge heart for helping others find their way through life's toughest challenges. She has a master's degree in theology and servant leadership and an undergraduate degree in music and English education. She also holds a full set of financial licenses, is a wholesale mortgage broker and loan officer, and owns her own financial coaching business. Judy teaches her clients how money works, empowers them with knowledge and tools to build confidence, and creates customized practical strategies to meet their goals. She meets people right where they are and comes alongside to help navigate the journey. So help us in welcoming Judy to the show today. And I, Judy, I'm going to have you talk about your... Um, financial planning is like gardening. I'm going to have you open with that. Make that analogy for us. I'm excited to hear that too. I love it. (laughs) Yo, I'm just a natural gardener. Both my grandparents gardened, my parents gardened, not my dad, but my mom was a gardener. So I've always watched things grow. And um, when I lived in Colorado, it was really hard to grow things because I'm like a black soil dirt person. And then I moved to Colorado and it was really dry. (laughs) That's a lot different. And so, you know, even growing a tomato was a challenge out there. So coming back to Iowa, I was out there for eight years and came back and I've gardened ever since. But when I think about finance and I think about um, like those long-term goals that families have, that's kind of like how gardening works. It's a long-term kind of plan. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something you have to commit to. It's something you have to tend to. You have to nurture it. You have to watch it. Like um, I have two different philosophies between my grandmas and gardening because my Quaker grandma would like garden and then she would write me letters every Tuesday, every Tuesday for my whole life. Since I went to college until she passed away, I had letters every Tuesday. She would write them. I'd get them on Fridays and she would tell me, That's okay, awesome. Yeah. So we have enough, we have enough in the frozen now and we have enough on the shelves. In other words, that they canned to their mm-hmm. garden and they froze things. We have plenty now. So we're going to, you know, we're pulling the garden this week, you know, they're clearing it. And then my other grandma, I had kind of a rebel grandma too. We called her our rebel grandma. And um, she would like leave the garden until the frost, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not because you couldn't like, Maybe you could never have too much, but it was more like there's still good stuff you can get out of it, you know? So I'm out in my garden yesterday working around out there and I still have like some pepper plants that are taller than me. So I was picking peppers and I had a few tomatoes left over and I've still got six pumpkins on the vine and I'm all excited. And I'm thinking I'm more like my rebel grandma, you know, she's like (laughs) waiting to get that one last nugget while all the gardens and the yards around me are are cleared. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, it works. It works. Yeah. yeah, eat it so, while it's fresh, as long as you can. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. And that's really kind of how it is with finance. You just kind of like have to nurture it along to get everything out of it you possibly can. Yeah, yeah that is so true. Um, first of all, I think every woman should have a rebel grandma. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> if you don't, you should adopt one. Yes. Right. That's my you guys, I don't know where y'all live, but do you have like daylight savings time and then standard time do you yeah yeah Yeah. i'm in the pacific northwest so i'm in texas so my um rebel grandma refused to change her clocks oh good girl it's it's for her okay it's an absolutely ridiculous concept (laughs) right exactly my rebel grandma never changed her clocks yeah where did where did she live was she there because it wasn't god's time for pete's sake 
you know, so we always had to, she's in Iowa. Yeah. Five miles okay. from my, my parents. Yeah. But okay. so you had to like plan around her. If you planned a family dinner, you had to tell her the different time because you know, it might not match, <laughs> but she did that probably until I was in junior high before she finally conformed. <laughs> That's so. cute. I love it. Good for her. Well, I have to Real say that around. was the nice thing about living in Arizona because they don't change their time. So that right. was amazing. <laughs> that is so true. They never have. No, they never have. And you know, yeah. I think at this point, it's probably an archaic practice, right? Because I think it was, <laughs> right. It, I understand why it was around originally because our whole society was built around agriculture. And so yeah. it was to give you more time to get out there and take care of the animals and your plants and whatnot but yeah that's not so much the case anymore so now it's just right. silly. <laughs> right it is silly now yes it's, it's yeah. annoying now <laughs> really it really is this time yeah. of year waking up in the darkness and then yeah you know eventually yeah. it's going to be dark by 4 30 in the pacific northwest right. and you're like oh. <laughs> i know yeah. the days are so short yeah yeah <laughs> i can really really wear on you but anywho, yes yeah I love the um, garden analogy with the finances and the um, planting the seeds in, in rich soil and, you know, making the most yes. out of your garden. And yeah, so yes. I think keeping the weeds out, keeping the weeds, the weeds out. Don't get distracted. Out. Yeah. Don't get distracted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump right into that. Let's save that um, <laughs> our gardens have weeds. <laughs> And yes. maybe they we need some nurturing <laughs> planted in the richest soil. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Where are our finances? And you're so right. I mean, that when we talked about the topic of being, you know, into those 40s and 50s and really not having a nest egg. Um, just historically, as I look back, my grandparents, when they were getting ready to retire, it was an age. They knew they could retire at like age 62 because that's what social security was for. It was there at age 62. And so they retired and they could start taking their monthly income off of that. Mm -hmm. But by the time my parents retired, it was the eighties and um, early nineties. And they had to have, it was not, not just an age, the age was still there, but then you had to have supplemental savings to go with the social security, you know, so they to had survive. Yeah. For survival money. So they have 401ks, which started like early seventies, somewhere in that neighborhood mm -hmm. is when the 401ks replaced pensions back then. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so they had that, but then by the time I'm getting ready to retire and y'all are getting ready to retire, it's like, we have to have you know, if we're going to do it right, we should have had the 401k, we should have had the social security, we should have had something else. And then we still don't know if we're going to make it, you know, yeah, yeah. Times change things. And unfortunately, as uh, Gen X goes, nobody told us that when we were right. first going to work, get a 401k, right. no, save money. Um, right. I mean, I was probably... 40, 41 before I worked for a corporation that offered a 401k and, right. you know, started, you know, putting the max in it. And I was fortunate yeah. at the time they were matching it. And yes, you know, so I, I built a, a decent one. And yeah. I remember looking at the number at one time going, dang, this, this is nice. And then you start calculating, you're like, okay, well, I could live for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? Right. If you took it in cash. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think our, like our parents, my parents anyway, so, and my husband's parents all had pensions still. Yeah. And so they didn't really even have to think about it too much. Sure. They, you know, put in extra money, but I mean, I know my husband's dad, his mom never really worked. And so in their 
totally fine with his pension from federal employment and social security. They're good. My mom was teacher. Um, so she had her teacher salary. Right. And so they never had to plan really. It was just kind of built in. Yeah. Yeah, So of course they didn't have a way to teach us. They didn't even know. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I know like for myself, I started out strong with the 401k, but then I started working for myself and totally lost track of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so my husband followed his dad's idea and at 40, he started working for the federal government so that we could make up. Right. Right. So, but not everybody has that luxury. So, I mean, how do, what do we do now? Like, you know, you didn't, we didn't, nobody taught us to do 401k or maybe we finally figured it out later. And now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Judy, what are we going to do? Save us. What do we do? I know. So then there's this whole other part about those of us who are self-employed. I've been self-employed my whole life and I started out as a teacher, but I just have a hard time showing up and staying as long as they want me to be there. Cause I'm just too much of a free spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to go. If I get a call, it's that rebel grandma in me, I think. Exactly. Right. But, um, <laughs> But so many people, and I think you mentioned that a little bit ago, Bonnie, so, so many people um, used some of their 401k during 2020. Yes, so, so, a lot of us had, I did. Um, it yeah, was how we funded our our move and, right. you know, exploring what's our next step because. Yes. Yeah, didn't know. Our jobs went away. Yeah. <laughs> our jobs. We didn't know. Yeah. And so you're not alone. And then there's other companies, some corporate companies, and they actually encourage people, not just 2020, but the years leading up to, to you know, if you need money, just Use borrow it. from your 401k. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just borrow from that. So people find themselves today, like putting money into their 401k and then making a 401k payment where they're paying interest on that, but they're paying interest to the company they borrowed it from, yeah. you know? So it's like you yeah. catch 22. And I think there's a lot of the population in that category and then inflation hits like it has this year and we all find ourselves scrambling a little bit oh, yeah oh yeah so yeah. so where do we start um you can't go back you can just start where you are yeah. <laughs> so you just have yes. to start today and yeah. and thank you for saying that because I think there's a lot of um regret and guilt yes. and guilt. Um, shame what a, what a yeah. shame what a should have yeah. could have should I have done yeah. something differently man you know what is it let me do it again. And I promise not to piss it all away, you know? (laughs) Right. uh, Right. Yeah. There is a lot, you know, money is so emotional Mm -hmm. and it like, it can rule us and it can take over the emotions sometimes too. And it's also the number one factor for stress in relationships, you know? So say that. Yeah. Yeah. It is like the number one stress. So if there's a way to alleviate stress on the playing field, it's to like take charge of the finances so they're not controlling you. You know, you can take control of them instead of them controlling you. So be reactive instead of being reactive, be proactive. Right. And I think that's very key as well. So um, practical tips. I mean, the number one cancer of our society, honestly, is debt. Mm-hmm. So if we can work on debt first, that's huge. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to go into retirement with debt. No. So just looking at that, the debt that you have and being real with it, I think is number one. Um, even your mortgage, everything, you know, everything because credit cards, the new credit cards, I just ran into a student a couple of three weeks ago um, who brought me like he was in a coaching session and he brought me like an offer he got in the mail for a credit card. Um, it was just like one of those little $300 limit ones. 
So he's thinking, what's a good way to build credit? You know, that's what everyone was telling him, but it was 38.66% interest. OMG. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, holy, don't do that one. Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. We were like, yeah, let's, let's like talk to your bank about a debit card maybe first so we can like, you know, there's other ways to do that. So I'm glad he brought it to a session, but if you have credit card debt that's charging you more than you're earning, then it's going to eat you up. Or if you have debt um, car payments that are charging you more than they should be, let's look at ways to refinance that. Let's look at ways to eliminate the debt. And everybody's like, well, if you eliminate the debt, you don't have any money to go into savings. And that's exactly true. (laughs) That's exactly true. But if you eliminate the debt first, you have more to go into savings. So plan it out. Let's see how long it's going to take you to pay it off the way you're doing it. And then how, what, what can we do to accelerate that? You know, can we stack it up? Do like a snowballing effect or do we need to go to a debt payoff professional plan, you Mm -hmm. know, where you pay somebody to manage it for you and settle it out? What's going to be the best route? So looking at the debt, I think is probably number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you talk to us a little bit? Yeah, talk to us a little bit more about going the debt management route because I doesn't it kind of affects your score, right? If it does. Do it does affect your credit score, and okay. um, it probably affects your credit score honestly for maybe twenty four to thirty six months. Okay. So it's not like where you're going to do like a bankruptcy thing where it's going to affect you maybe for seven years or fourteen years or the rest of your life where you can yeah. never really get rid of it. But you know, I came into this business um, in debt. And serious okay. debt. In fact, my husband and I married each other's debt after some divorces. So yeah. we we each inherited de- debt from our divorces and then we married sure. each other's debt. So I was not aware of any of these strategies I know now, but I was looking for help when I found this p- profession. I was like, okay. show me. I was like desperate to learn how to fix my situation. And by the time I was learning it, I was like, everybody needs to know this stuff. Yeah. You know, so it became a passion. I teach it to every, I teach it everywhere I go. So, so like doing the debt management where you can actually stack it up and prioritize it. And there's computer programs you can get. I wouldn't pay anybody to do that. A debt management program should honestly be free. If you're already in debt, the last thing you need to do is pay to get pay it. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. Unless you have yeah. so much that it's drowning and then we have to look into other options, but shoot, if you can like stack it up, and help get some help prioritizing it to know which one to pay off first, which one to pay off second. And as you pay off the first one, then all say um, the first one, you're paying the minimum to everybody. That's what most people do. You know, Main yeah. Street families are paying the minimum due just to survive right now. Yeah. So if you can take the first one, the first priority and add more to it, say you add 50 or $60 to the first one, keep everyone else at minimum payment. Then when you pay that one off, the first one, you add that payment to the payment below it. So okay. you take the minimum plus the 60 or plus the 80 you've already been paying and you pay that one off. So it begins to snowball. You do that all the way down the list, all the way to your mortgage. Okay. You just make a debt budget. So this is how much I'm going to pay. So the budget never changes, but what you're paying changes and how much you're paying to each creditor changes. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, it makes a lot of sense, yeah, actually. Absolutely. And... I'm used to working with a whiteboard. No, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I actually have, have worked with that too, with some credit card debts. And it's so satisfying to, yes. to be yes. able to 
take that chunk and put it here and it goes relatively quickly once you um, commit to it. Committing commit to it is the, the hard part, but yeah, commit because you key. can get a little bit like, oh, well, I can spend that extra hundred on, you know, I still right. have the minimum paid and this right. extra hundred could go. Yeah. It's like, nope. Like, I like what you're saying about having the budget and the budget never changes. Like yeah. just commit yeah. to that. That's the only way it's going to get yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. You just have to make a decision. And then if you need to, if you want to go shopping, that has to come from somewhere else, <laughs> you know, a different envelope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can skip. Yeah, you can you can cheat something else, but don't cheat the debt because that's going to be your key to going yeah. forward. Yeah. Perfectly, I mean that's perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, so I think debt is going to be super important to get started, and that's the one that nobody wants to talk about because it's real. And then I have people ask me, "Well, what do you do? Well, what do I do if like, like I have to get a new car, or they have a kid that needs to buy a car? You know, we need mm-hmm. to buy a truck." My, my my son is turning 16 years old and we're going to need to buy him a car. Well, then let me know so we can put it into the strategy. I mean, right. life is going to happen, but just yeah. work it into the plan. Don't ignore it, but just put it in the debt plan. It's just part of life, you know? And then they're like, oh yeah, I see what, what you mean. And, you know, um, I heard um, Remy say something about self-care and the self-care workshop coming up. Actually managing your debt is a lot about taking care of yourself. Yeah. And one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that we miss in our world is celebration. I mean, oh, sure. our world is, you know, celebration is a, it's literally a spiritual discipline that helps us um, center ourselves and feel good about who we are as people and humans. And I teach my clients, man, celebrate those payoffs. <laughs> you get the first one done, you celebrate. Maybe you skip a month of debt payoff yeah. and you go on a little weekend trip or you go out for dinner or whatever. <laughs> because guys, as you snowball this, your weekend trips are going to be worth more. Because you're, yeah, you know, you absolutely. have as much to pay. You're not and putting they're it on the more. credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. Have some fun with it. So it's not forever. It's just for a period of time. Yeah. There's, there's so much emotion around money and so much negative emotion around debt. So much shame, you know, we were talking earlier. Um, but if you can really just look at your average person and and realize you're not alone, right. um, I was just, I'm listening to a, an audio book and she was, um, I, I may have this wrong, but just in a nutshell about really the, the how much money an, your average American in an urban area needs to make, you know, yeah. upwards to a hundred thousand a year and, and right. more. Holy yeah. cow. And right. she, she was saying, you know, even at that, your average American is about, you know, they can't even have, like one phone from a crisis or one extra $400 emergency and you're yeah. slapping oh, things yeah. on credit cards yeah a hundred grand exactly. a year and yes. I suppose to your your younger adult who's thinking well that sounds like a lot of money I can yeah no yeah it's not a it's lot overwhelming of money. it is overwhelming yeah. yeah it is overwhelming and that is the cost of living that the, those college students are thinking about coming out of college right now you know um and so they just don't think about it yeah. You know, they just dismiss it, you know, and honestly, our yeah. new college grads aren't looking to do traditional jobs like we were introduced to. They're looking to be, they came through 2020 different than we did. You know, they're True. looking to be out on their own. They like the freedom. They like working from home. That's the kind of jobs that the, the generation behind us is looking for. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to save differently. 
you know, mm -hmm. then we have to save. Um, but they may come out of it with a more healthy perspective. I don't know. Because they're they're doing that from the beginning where we started with someone else and then we went out on our own, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So other ways, um, like if you're still in a corporate job and you're not maxing out your 401ks, this is the time to do that. Um, maxing out. No, I want to like qualify that though, because maxing out a 401k doesn't mean like putting in everything that they allow. That means putting in at the maximum that they will match. Mm -hmm. Okay. So only, only put up to the match. So anything above the match that you can save should be going to an individual retirement account. Probably a Roth IRA would be my recommendation. So okay. you get the free money, you know, put yeah, in no, as absolutely. Much, get the free money, do that. But then anything, so say that a company matches 6%, but you really could put in eight, or maybe you're putting in eight now, take that other 2% every month, put it into something that you own. So you're not sharing fees and you're not sharing earnings with a company. You own it 100%. Okay. A separate and a Roth, Roth Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a Roth IRA um, is just like another, it's part of the strategy, actually. It's usually the last one that you draw funds from during retirement because it grows tax-free mm -hmm. and it goes in tax-free because you've already paid taxes on that money. I'm going to have you explain the one, difference between Roth and an IRA just because they are different. They <laughs> are different, yeah. Again. So an individual retirement account is called a traditional IRA. The traditional IRA uh, means that it's probably coming out. You're putting money into it. Yeah, so you're putting money into it before you've paid taxes on it. Mm -hmm. So um, anything that you're doing that, that would be like a pension or your 401k money is has to go somewhere when you leave employment. So you have to move it into an IRA. Well, it's, you haven't paid taxes on that money yet. So by age 70, you have to pay taxes on that money. And or actually it's 72 and a half now. They've just given us a little break. <laughs> so at age 72 and a half, you have to start taking money out, right? So as they start taking money out, you're going to pay taxes on that. And Roth IRA, you've already paid taxes on it. It's sitting in a savings account or a checking account, or it's money that you've already received after from your employer. Or if you're self-employed, this is super critical to do your Roth IRAs. Um, start, I mean, start small if you need to. Start with $50 a month. That's my minimum. Do $50 a month to get started. You can put in up to $6,500 a year. You have a lot of room to grow, but start yeah. somewhere. And it grows federally tax-free. So when you take the money out during retirement, you don't pay taxes on it. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Cause you've already paid taxes on it as, right. and that's why, but yeah. Yeah. So there's not the a beauty of it is though, there. like in the, in the um, traditional IRA, you pay taxes on the initial deposits and on the growth of that money. So even as it grows, you still have to pay taxes, but on a Roth IRA, even the growth is not taxed. It's tax-free. Mm. So it's like okay. the icing on the cake, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good so that's know. critical. Okay. So self-employment absolutely needs to look into that. But if you're already maxing what you can get for free at your 401ks, then take the extra and put it into a Roth IRA. Now, I have my young people say, yeah, but I can't access that till age 59 and a half, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah, exactly. Money. No touchy. <laughs> no touchy. You can take it out, guys, but you're going to pay a 10% penalty. Plus, you're going to have to pay the taxes. Just don't do it, you know, give yourself a gift. <laughs> you know it's yeah. out there. It's yeah, your nest egg. Absolutely.
Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, so this is something that we talk about in our house. My husband went through the Dave Ramsey program. Are, are sure. you a fan? Are you a fan of Dave Ramsey? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I okay. know the Dave Ramsey plan well. Okay. So we always, we kind of have this issue where we talk about vehicles and mortgages and his thing is, well, if we're really following the Dave Ramsey plan, then we have to pay cash for the car. And, um, you know, so that means you buy a clunker and then you upgrade to the next car and then you upgrade and you upgrade. And I'm like, okay, we're 52 years old. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, I love Dave Ramsey and his concepts, but the practicality isn't always top notch. You know, yeah. not everybody is as frugal as Dave Ramsey. Um, no, not all of us want to live quite that frugally. It does work. I mean, honestly. No, absolutely. It does, but it does. So, um, man, credit scores are so important. Keeping your credit scores up to get the best interest rates possible on your cars as yep. you go. Most people are going to have a car payment probably most of their lives. It's just yeah, the way our society that, is, right? The, the truth of the matter. And the, the other is. thing on on mortgages. So let's talk about this is something we actually mm-hmm. kind of argue about. So if you know you're living somewhere that you're not going to stay. So in my case, we're here for my husband's job. There's no way in hell we're retiring here. Right. But we do own our home or we're making, we're, we're under mortgage, right? So his theory is that you should pay more on the mortgage and my theory is you don't need to. And and here's the, the two sides of this, right? So you pay more, then you have more for the next house. Okay. You pay less, you have more money for today. So it's cash flow today yes. versus a lower mortgage down the road. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. So my whole take on that is equity. The equity in the home is more important than the payments in my mind. Because home values have continued to increase, even through the pandemic, even through everything, the home values have gone up. So if you're not going to keep that home forever, it doesn't make sense to snowball it. It doesn't make sense to pay more on it. If it's not your forever home to me, then just give the bank what what you owe them, you know, every single month, letting that equity grow, 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 because the equity in your house is going to be higher than what you owe. Right. Eventually. And that equity is going to help you buy that next house. Yeah. Okay. So my theory is correct then. Thank you very much. (laughs) Winning. Winning. (laughs) Got it. Right. Point number one. One for right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if if it's your forever home, of course, that's going to be different. Right. Well, because you you don't necessarily want a mortgage. Ideally, you don't want a mortgage when you're retired because you don't want the extra income to go to a house, which I totally get. So yeah but we're definitely not in our forever home. So anyway, thank right. you. There we go. I, have, I can go back with, it's about equity. Shut up. It is yeah. about equity. It's about how much equity do we have and knowing whether you have an equity is super important. Keeping track yeah. of that again, making it, you know, making finance a business decision in the relationship as opposed to an emotional decision. You know, that's right. That's what you have to separate out of that. And I think going back to that home equity thing too, if you have equity in your home or in your condo, then mm-hmm and it's not going to be your forever home, then it might make sense to use some of that equity to pay down the higher interest credit cards. If you can get a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan, just a cash out refi kind of thing, you Mm -hmm. do that and go from 28% or 22% interest and take it down to 5% or 6%, you're going to pay it off a lot faster. Right. You know, so there's a whole nother, that leads back into the debt payoff and things like that. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit too right now with the the way the economy is. The mortgage rates are hideous. The credit card, we already talked about that. Credit card rates are hideous. Car loan rates are hideous. We're in a position where we kind of want to get a, a new car, yeah. but 7, 9.9% is the lowest we can get right now. And the last one we bought was at 2%. So we're like, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, we so, do stop I mean, to think about that. What we don't stop to think about is, yeah, so we were like um, coming out of, well, the the 2015s through the 2021, 20, 22, somewhere in that neighborhood, 21s for sure. You know, we were in history breaking lows for everything. Yeah. You know, that was not normal to be in the one to 2% mortgage loans. That was just not mm-hmm. normal at all. And then when the car loans dropped down too, that was like that double whammy and we thought it was going to stay. You know, we all hoped, oh, this is great. This is life. This is what it's going to be. But it kind of went back to its form. Amazing. Yeah. So mortgage rates, um, I'm a mortgage loan officer, so I watch the rates daily. But my rates are anywhere from 5.99 to however much you want to buy down. You can go lower than that if you want to buy it down. It just costs you more to get the loan. But normally, I'm going to say my average is like five and five. 5.25 to, I don't know, 7.25, somewhere in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. for a refi cash out. And still, when you compare that to the rate of the credit card that you're paying off or the car loan that you're paying off, so pay off a car loan with equity in the home, especially if it's a home you're not going to keep, use that equity now, pay it off, get get the title to your car and your trading value is higher, you know, than having to to refinance another the, the rest of your payment on your car. So again, strategizing right. is going to be, be possible. It's super important to strategize and see which way is going to be the best way. Also just shopping out those car loans. I think a mortgage is a little harder because it's a federal rate, right? We mm-hmm. don't have a lot of leeway. All the companies are pretty much, we're all under the same law, but car loans, you can shop them out. You can get a matching loan, find the car you want. Here's a little, um, a life hack. Um, when I know what car I want to buy, I don't go to that dealership to find it. So if I want to buy a Chevy car, I'm going to go to a Ford dealership. Or if I'm hmm. going to buy a Toyota, I'm going to go to the Nissan across the street for the used look, you know, because they want to get rid of them. Right. And they're going to offer you a better deal probably than the actual dealership does. Shop them out and then go back, go back across the street to Toyota and go, you know, Nissan's going to give me this rate on that car. They'll go to work for you. It's amazing how they'll go to work for you. Those salesmen are motivated. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So go somewhere else, shop it, and then find your best, your best one. Make them work for you. You know, don't just take whatever they offer you, but say, okay, well, that's all right. I'm going to check around. I'll be back and let you know what I find out. Unless it's a really good deal, then I'm not coming back. (laughs) So, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So So, let's talk, dig more into the, the, Okay, so you know we know retirement's on the horizon, so we want to pay off our debt. Um, we want to start looking at the Roth IRA. What are some other things we can do? I, we actually had a coaching session, and this might give you some fodder to talk to um, with a lady who had not saved throughout her life, and she was desperately looking for jobs that had have a good payoff, and so she'd gotten into the insurance realm. Um, insurance sales, but she hated it. And so, so here she is with this story now. And she's like, I don't know what to do. How do I, how do I fix my situation, but yet still 
do something that I might enjoy. So yeah. what do you, what are your, some thoughts in that situation, how you might approach that and help her try to figure out what to do? Oh, you froze. Yeah. Well, being the free spirit that I am, don't compromise your integrity for a job. <laughs> There's other ways to make money. Um, and really shopping out a job for benefits. I don't, as far as investing benefits and saving benefits, you can do that on your own without a job, without a 401k. But it, the difference for me comes for, for the healthcare costs. If somebody needs a job for healthcare, that's a little bit different because the costs of independent healthcare are absolutely skyrocketed right now and they are not affordable. So mm -hmm. there's two kinds of insurance, health insurance. If you need a job for that, take the minimum hours they offer, go do that, get your benefits and then work your passions. You know, find something that allows you to live out your passions. Um, I'm a passion person from the word go. If you can find something you love and make money at it, man, do it. But also be good to yourself, not just today, but tomorrow. So finding those other ways to save. Um, first of all, if you're coming out of corporate and you have 401ks, I always kind of joke around with people when they change jobs. So don't be offended at this. But when you change a job, what do you do when you leave the office? What do you take with you? a stapler <laughs> yeah right I think you, you clean out the desk, <laughs> right you clean out the desk you like take your yeah. paperwork you take yeah, your sure. stapler your plant you take that all with you but you leave your 401k behind oh, oh you about it. sure yeah yeah they True. leave the office but they don't take their money they leave it there and so they have old 401ks sitting around well that's your opportunity now to take the old 401ks put it into an individual traditional ira Mm -hmm. just because you haven't paid taxes. So keep it the same, keep it tax deferred for later, but move it, but put it into your own account. Don't put it into yeah. another corporate account. You know why companies want you to bring your 401k and dump it in, in their 401ks? Just bring it with you, put it in the new 401k. Well, they make money on that in the background, sure. you know? So sure. that's why they're motivated to do that. You quit sharing your ownings, earnings, you know, get your own money, own your own money. So always take the 401k with you and then finding those um, savings vehicles that are higher rates of return right now and then keeping an eye on it. So outside of a Roth IRA, if you need like something that you can save for, but you also don't have, maybe you don't have an emergency account yet set up where you can save um, or maybe I have some people are just too scared to do age 59 and a half still, especially if they're younger, you know, thirties, early forties are still like 59 and a half seems like a, a milestone away. They're like way out there still. It's not, but yet, <laughs> it's not, it's like right around the corners guys. It is. Um, I'm 58 and I came, I didn't learn any Me of these too. concepts folks until I was 50. Mm -hmm. So this is where my passion just exploded on this and I've had to catch up because I've been self-employed. So my catch up has been doing everything independently and individually that I could possibly do, but you can do an individual savings account, invest in the stock market, do just, just, it's just called an individual account. It's a mutual fund, do mm -hmm. mutual funds at the end of the year. Um, like keep in touch with your agent. Cause at the end of the year, you can take some of that money and put it into a Roth if you don't want to do it every month, but use it kind of double duty for the first couple, three years, save. So you have access to it without penalty, but then at the end of the year, take a chunk of it, dump it into the Roth and be diligent about that once or twice a year. But yeah, saving in something that you have a rate of return, that's going to be, um, it's going to give you some hope because saving in a bank, isn't going to work. 
You know, I always say saving at a bank, um, interest rates right now, I just saw um, CDs have been up a little bit lately, by the way, like they're up to about 4% right now because of inflation. But the stock market average, like the S&P, if you just follow the S&P, for the most part, it's been up since January. So the stock market average, let's just say the, I didn't look at it today, but the stock market average has been averaging like 12%. You're getting 4% at the bank. Who's getting the difference in the middle? The bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. not paying mm-hmm. it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same way with fixed incomes. If you have a fixed income account, they're going to give you what they say they are, but whatever the stock market's doing, they're going to take the difference. So invest in your own mutual funds. Okay. Find funds that are doing um, an average of, mutual funds have so much flexibility, but maybe like my average right now is 12 and a half percent on my like mid range, mid risk range mutual funds. Um, and if you just think about like the stock market, think about it like um, a heartbeat like on a heart monitor. Yeah. You know how a heartbeat goes up and down? Up and down, up and down, sure. Yeah. And that's what you want for the stock market too. You want it to go up and you want it to go down. You just don't want it to go straight up. You don't want it to go straight down and you certainly don't want it to flatline just like a heartbeat, right? Right. So going up means you have earnings. Going down means you're buying more shares with the earnings you've already made at a lesser price. So your portfolio and your investments grow because of those lows. It's just okay. that you you capitalize on them or you see them at the top, but on the lows is where you're actually making money because that's where you're buying shares for less, like they're on sale, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> so, and your your mutual fund automatically does that for you. It's like an automatic money maker. So a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA follow a mutual fund. And you can also do an individual account that does the same thing. So finding that vehicle that's going to fit best for you for savings. And again, even if it's just $50 a month, start, you know, the best day to start investing is today. Yeah. But if if you have something you can start doing now, and maybe I'm going to say, and I'll use my dad for an example. Um, He was self-employed as well. He was a self-employed truck driver his whole life. My mom had the corporate drive, uh, the corporate job for her retirement and for their Mm -hmm. health insurance, which worked well for them over the years. My dad died unexpectedly at age 59 before he had access to anything. But at age 50, he started a mutual fund Roth IRA account and he went with the highest aggression he could find. So he went with a super high aggression and the heartbeat monitor. That means your highs are high and your lows are lower. Yeah. Mm hmm. You don't have as much time when you start at age 50 to recover from the lows, (laughs) you know, but that IRA, that Roth IRA was literally a gift to my mom when that happened. So he'd had it nine and a half years when he passed away, but it produced a lot of income during that time. Mm. So just keeping that in mind, you might not want to go with the highest aggression, but if you're working with a good advisor or a good representative, they're going to advise well. And they're also going, like if the market's going to have a shift, you can change out of those higher aggressions and go a little more conservative. So like last year, my my clients were super conservative. I just brought them down. So the lows were lower, but so were the highs, you know? So they just had a little movement in the heartbeat monitor, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Okay. But now this last year, we've like started to loosen that up first quarter. We started to loosen up second quarter. We loosened up. So, so we're returning a good rate of return right now. Um, all of my clients were recovered fully from 2022. We had them completely recovered by June 30th. That's what you want. June 30th of 2023. 
you oh, wow. want okay. accounts that are going to recover because we don't have a lot of time. Time yeah. is not on our side. No, <laughs> no, honest. it's not. <laughs> so finding those mutual funds that are going to benefit you the most. I think that's critical. And then okay. working with somebody who, who lets you, allows you to make those changes over time. So it doesn't just stay static forever. And so what do you think too? Like if you're in a corporate job and you know, you're spread pretty thin, but so you need more income. What are some thoughts? I mean, side hustles. I mean, what do you typically talk to people about when it comes to yeah, that? Yeah, I think side, I mean, side hustles, I, I, I have no shame in side hustles. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> Especially if it feeds your passion, yeah. you know, and I, I'm a multiple, I'm a multi-tasker entrepreneur. I have several different ways of making income. And yeah. when one's not producing, I want the other one producing, you know, I do money and finance as a passion, but I'm a writer in my nighttime life. You know, my, as soon as the lights are off at the office, I'm a writer and that is my true passion. But I I can speak to people that way, but I can't necessarily help them in the moment. And I want to help them in the moment. And that's why money and finance is so important to me, but finding something that allows you um, the extra income. But then I think extra income is uh, a little overrated if we don't have a plan for it going in. So even if right. you just go to the grocery store, honestly, go to a grocery store, check out for five, 10, 15 hours a week, <laughs> you know, take the hours that are available to you, maybe just two nights a week, go do that yeah. for the extra income, but know what that extra income is going to go to before you commit. Sure. Whether it's paying off debt or it's going into the IRA or it's going into mutual funds or whatever. Right. Right. Or maybe you're totally tapped on everything else. So, so the side hustle money is your celebration money. Yeah. There you so go. Maybe that's, that's like, that's your travel money or that's your date night money or whatever. And then it makes it more worthwhile, you know, right. use the money that you're earning at a job to take care of your poor things that you have to take care of, but then use a side hustle to be more fluid, so to speak. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Um, yeah. That, that mindset of um, having the plan for what this income is is for my, you know, 15 hours a week at, um, safe way to, you know, that where's that extra 500 yeah. going versus I'm poor and I got to drag my butt to this right. grocery store job. Oh, woe is me. So that yeah. mind shift of, I have a plan for this and it's temporary. Right. And this is, you know, this is what yeah. I need to do. I have the yeah. energy for it versus Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to talk yourself into it every day. Yeah. It is a mindset thing and it gives you hope. Yes. (laughs) It gives you hope. Light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I'll be perfectly honest here. I do a grocery store job 12 hours a week to get healthcare benefits. So, so for my, the store I work for 12 hours a week is all that's required to get into their corporate group plan for health insurance that saves wow. $780 a month. Dang, That's, yeah. how I work at it. That's worth it. Yeah. You know? And the, the first two months of my job there, I had $3,500 worth of dental work done and paid $600 of it. Nice. You know, that's <laughs> worth why it. I get the grocery store. I can say paper or plastic all day long for $780 a month that pays for my health insurance. So I don't yeah. have to worry about wow. it. Wow. That is yeah. that's such a good point. Such a good point. Because such a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that you can. Plus you're networking the whole time. You're meeting new people. Yes. You're, you're meeting people you wouldn't meet anywhere else, you know? So you, yeah. your impact is different, but it's mm -hmm. a mindset. It is a it's mindset. A and a mindset. It is, it is. Because it's it's really easy to fall into this um, pity pool. Yes. And drown in it. Yes. When you feel like yes. oh, there's no hope, there's no lifeline. I'm, I'm in this all by myself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, super easy. I don't care who you are. It's... Exactly. <laughs> well, and there's yeah, so many can... things you could do, you know, a little passion oh, yeah. projects. I mean, whether it's pet sitting or yeah. maybe you have an extra room in your house, you can run it as an Airbnb, or maybe right. you want to do Uber or deliver food. Yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. many options now. Yes, there are so many options. And I, I've met so many of those options, even at the grocery store, the door dashers, you know, that come through every yeah. night and they're out there, you know, feeding their family doing that. And I just honor that. I just think way to go folks. They have a daytime job, but as soon as they're off for two hours, I'm going to go feed other people yeah. <laughs> so I can feed my family better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like you're taking on a um, second eight hour shift every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think 2020 helped us with that. It brought mm -hmm. about all these other options that we can do. It did. It did. It let us, yeah. It opened windows that we didn't know mm -hmm. to look through before. Right. And, 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 I, I, so. and I think. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go We're going to talk on each other. Yeah. We're going to have to start raising hands here. I think so. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know, 2020 was just the, the catalyst into so many of these conversations we're yes. having with all of our guests and what we've had with each other and what we hear from you know, the women and, and men that we're surrounded by is just yeah. this man, the rug can be pulled out from under you literally oh. in hours. Yes. And you're left saying what the hell right um, and we yeah. had lots of time do? to ponder what's our next move or you know where are we and also yeah. to you know come to the conclusion that I'm not going back that way right this is a new Amen beginning that. I don't know what it means yet but you know and that's great for the younger generation you're talking about you know coming out of college and knowing they want to work from home they want to be independent they want yeah. freedom well for the rest of us that you know literally were at their corporate job and learned about furlough from twitter going, right um yeah okay <laughs> right fun for about the first month but after yeah. that you're a little scared yeah um, so yeah so new territory yes but we don't want to go backwards no no, we want to go forward. Like you said, and, and I think we beat ourselves up so bad over it. We do. So we just do. start today and, and be fresh. You know, every day is a new day. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is tomorrow. We can't change it, but we can pick up the pieces and go forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And think of it as this opportunity for growth and change in a positive way. You know, so many of our guests have. Absolutely. And, and yes. Ramey and I as well, just coming into, um, new careers and new paths and new passions and um, mm -hmm. putting that old stuff behind us. It's, it's exciting, but it is, yeah. it's very exciting and finding those passions and giving yourself permission to, to work that. So if you work a real job and you still have passions, you haven't like tapped into yet, use that job to, to fuel the passions, uh -huh. you know, go to work to make the money and get the benefits you need. So you can do more yeah. within your passions, you know, yeah. wake up every morning thinking about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I needed to hear that because yeah. when you're, you're trying out a new career, self-employment, you know, coaching, we're on the coaching, yep. um, arena, um, it don't pay off real fast. No, it doesn't. It's a garden. It, <laughs> it takes is, a while to nurture those seeds. It's a seeds. very slow growing garden. Um, yeah. And if you yeah, talk right, about the weeds, you talk about the weeds that are getting there. A lot of the weeds are what grows between our ears. Oh, you know, sure. how we talk to ourselves and how mm -hmm. we, we have to weed all that out and what other people tell us even, yeah. you know, I told you it wasn't going to work. How many times do we hear that in our lives? Yeah. Or I told you you were crazy. I know I'm crazy, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I even told my husband one time, it wasn't my husband. It was my brother actually, who really questioned um, me going into finance. He really questioned me on that. I mean, well, I was, I was in debt. I was in serious debt <laughs> and he was yeah. like, what, what could you do in money and finance? I said, I don't know, but give me six months, six to 12 months and let me try. Mm -hmm. You know, just give me six to 12. And he did, he backed off. He was like, okay, all right. I will see what happens, you know? And very it's, cool. it's been very um, life-giving on many different forums. Mm -hmm. And so how did you educate yourself on it to really get going? Um, I licensed, I decided the best way for me to learn was to, to license myself. Okay. And, um, so I licensed first in insurance because it was the easiest and the quickest and the least expensive. Okay. And I only, honestly, I only have a life insurance license. I don't have other insurances. I just partner with people who have those licenses because yeah. property and casualty licenses to me look like a lot of headache, um, on the client side. And I didn't want to have to be that person. I didn't want to be the one they're calling after a hailstorm, um, right. because that doesn't feed my passion. <laughs> No, right. <laughs> so, so I didn't get those licenses, but then I went right into financial licensing because it's like the investment licenses taught me, mm -hmm. um, the ins and outs of different products and different services and how they work and like the intricacy of them all. Okay. And I wanted to understand them before I offered them. Mm -hmm. So know? was there a classroom, so, a lot of classroom attached to getting the license? Uh, there's online a lot classroom of online classroom. Yeah, Everything okay. I've okay. ever done has been an online FINRA financial okay. regulatory authority has some good classes. I actually did it all online through Kaplan university online. Okay. Um, there were classes that were available to me. I also then eventually like three years ago, um, because the mortgage rates were so low, I wanted to learn about that. So I, I did my mortgage license. I thought, okay, the best way to do that is to get a mortgage loan officer license. It's more fluid than a realtor license. A realtor, I mean, you have business one time probably with one person, unless they move again and you still happen to be a realtor. But right. I wanted more contact with more people. And so the MLO worked better for me. But that mm -hmm. was, um, and there was a lot of crossover between laws and regulations between mortgage and investment, which kind of surprised me. But then just the services you could offer again and understanding how that equity works. I think that was the biggest thing I learned using the equity to your advantage, as opposed to just letting it sit there for all those years. You know, our parents would never have thought about it because they were already in their forever home. My mm -hmm. grandparents were on the farm. They were going to retire out of there, but we're more mobile these days. We, we oh, go yeah. for jobs. Like Remy says, we go for yeah. jobs, we move for kids. We do things like that. So if it's not your permanent forever home, then how can we utilize the equity in our homes to build a life, help yeah. improve our lives. So, so licensing was really, that was my key for education and then self-experience knowing that I didn't want to go back. I think Bonnie just said that I don't want to go back to where I was. Yeah. I don't yeah. be there again. Yeah. So there's that fear of losing ground. So I'm highly motivated to stay forward focused, but also just knowing that 
the licensure gives me the opportunity to not only have the knowledge, but attach my own experience to it. So I see mm -hmm. it very clearly. My sure. analysis is spot on because I've been it. I've lived it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know the stress that comes with it. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about your financial situation at this point? Now that you've done all this, have you cleaned yourself up? Are you doing, it's are you a where process, you want to be? Isn't it? It's a process, yeah, it's absolutely. definitely a process. Yeah. So the first three years I was like, what the heck? I did all this and now I don't see any progress. That's why the garden analogy comes in, you know? Yeah. Um, you think an oak tree, it takes an acorn three years just to like plant down roots <laughs> So yeah. for an oak tree. So those first three years, I didn't really feel progress for my yeah. own. I was applying everything, but I think um, I had to trust the system. And just keep yeah. at it and keep at it yeah. and keep at it. So years three to five made huge strides. Okay. And now I've been able to make decisions because again, I mean, I could do financial coaching forever, honestly, because I'm so passionate about it, but there is going to come a point in time where I don't want to have to go to the office every day, you know, Yeah. <laughs> right. I won't able to say, you know, I, I can pick and choose my work hours and things like that a little bit differently. So I'm still on that same path, you know? Okay. Um, and my, my situation was a little unique too, because I was right in my, well, when I was 52, when I moved home to take care of my mother who had dementia, well, that was not in my game plan, No. but there was nobody else to do it, you know? So, um, I don't know. Was I 52? I think I was. <laughs> Time yeah. goes, you know, but I was it right does. in that neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah. So just, so we sold our home that we didn't have any equity and we'd only owned it five years and we sold it thinking that was our forever home, but we didn't know how long it was going to take to take care of mom. So we had this big financial hiccup in the middle. It could have been a hiccup, I guess, but we were three years into our financial goals. And mm -hmm. so we didn't let it become a hiccup. We just let it become part of the new strategy. So moving forward, how do we navigate through that? And because we literally just broke even with the sale of our home, which was never the yep. goal, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's how yeah, we left happened. Las Vegas was, yeah, is what yeah. it is. Uh, we made enough to cover what we put into it. And yeah, and yeah, our hiccup came in the form of a baby grandson that we've since adopted and, and are raising and was not, oh, yes. plan, but um life throws you those curveballs. It does. Yeah. It does. And just knowing that, okay, well, this is where we are now. So let's make a strategy around that. And it's just a few adjustments here, a few adjustments there, and then you're right back on track. And yeah. again, just trusting the system to work. Trusting okay. yourself is number one, but then trusting the system is number two. Yeah. 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 Well, Judy, as we um, wrap this up, you had mentioned off air um, a book that you wanted to recommend and you said it was really short. Can you tell us a little bit more about that book and then maybe yeah, pull cool. some of it out of it to give some, uh, you know, like a few tidbits to send yes. our ladies on their ways? Absolutely. It's um, just a little pamphlet book. And, you know, I think money and finance is so complicated sometimes. And you can go to a lot of websites and get really confused and really sure. discouraged. But this little book is 27 pages long. It's called 50 Plus Ways to Make Extra Money or Keep More of the Money You Have. It's by Jen Nash, J-E-N-N-A-S-H, Jen Nash. And this little book is like a book of tips and life hacks 
that literally can change your checkbook. <laughs> they can change how you're using your money and how you're making your money work harder for you. So for me, I know the strategies I use, but I, I took some of her tips of my own and like applied them. She even gives you like grocery tips like how to save money at the grocery store. And I'm a terrible coupon person, but I have people go through my lane sometimes with like all these coupons. So they're saving 35, they're saving 11, they're saving 13 cents. But at the end, it's like, you know, $9. And I'm like, well, geez, maybe I should be cutting more coupons. Well, <laughs> right. Jen has some of that, but she also has more of like, how can you buy in bulk to save on this end of things and shopping at your interest rates and things like that. So it's very practical. It's just a very practical little book. It's on Amazon. You can get it for $2.99 on Kindle. Okay. How can you go wrong? $10 yeah, right. for paperback. <laughs> You'll have it in seconds. Put it on your Kindle. We all know you exactly. That's what Jen would say, and she's a financial coach too. She's a colleague of mine. But man, just those practice and those all come out of her own personal experience. Every tip in there, she has experienced it, and um, yeah, she's a she's a Dave Ramsey guru that made it that took his concepts and made them practical. That's what okay. we want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. do you have a couple favorites in there that you want to share? From the book that you can um up? the one I, I did change some of my grocery habits i do more bulk shopping than i used to and mm -hmm. um there's no shame in amazon prime delivery i have learned <laughs> you know absolutely um, i live it going, <laughs> just little things like that where it yes it costs you a fee to do the prime but what you save in shipping throughout the year is oh, worth yeah. it over time mm -hmm. and the oh, time yeah. that you save running around picking up everything you need on different days of the week just have it delivered on the same day it saves you shipping yeah, and, and gas up at your door and gas, which is yeah, we Sanity. definitely need gas savings. Sanity, yeah, yeah, so that's my favorite Fine. one. Yeah, that was my favorite because I would. I had kind of I had Amazon Prime, but then I kind of beat myself up, you know, <laughs> like paying for the extra money. So, yeah. yeah, give yourself a little break, Amazon Prime. Yeah, just absolutely. little ideas like that. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a great little book. Good. So as we start to close up here, is there any last words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience? I think the the first and last words of wisdom are be real with yourself about the finances and don't let the emotions rule. I think that's the best piece of advice you can give it. You know, finance, um, it's biblical, but it's also practical um, that our finances are just part of our lives. They're just part of us but they're not meant to control us. They're just one facet of who we are. They don't define us and they don't determine our future, yeah. but they will determine our future if we don't allow them, if we don't take control of them. Okay. If we yeah. just allow them to tumble, they're going to control us, but ultimately we are supposed to control them. <laughs> so give yourself permission to just start and look at it in black and white instead of with all the colors mixed in mm -hmm. and okay. let them be, let them kind of rule. You know, the not not rule you, but like let them become a rule that you say, okay, this is what I'm gonna pay off, this is how I'm gonna do it, and this is this is the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of stop being afraid of it and yeah. set a strategy. Yeah. You know, yeah. have it have Don't an honest away. conversation with your finances. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't tell you how many people bring me unopened mail because they're afraid to look at their bank statements. Oh, girl, mm. been there. Yes. Like, I'm not even looking <laughs> yeah. at my bank statement right now. Just yeah, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is what it is. So open it up, file it away, do whatever you do with it, but don't be afraid of it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's hope. And oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of people, like you said earlier, Bonnie, there's a lot of people in this 
boat in this scenario where they are struggling and they are afraid of what's going to happen next. But just knowing that you can lay that all on the table and there's somebody to come alongside you who's been there that says, you know what, we can make a difference and we're going to make a difference. You just have to trust yourself. Yeah. It's confidence building. It really is. It's empowering. Yeah. Yeah. It is Uh, empowering. Yeah. Taking control. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great to, um, listen to the inspiration of the millionaires out there, but I'm, I'm really loving your, um, down to earth, been there, done that strategy and yeah. the mindset around it. I think that's, um, I know I needed to hear it today. Well, yeah. it's, it's real. And like you yeah. said, get real. And that's, that's yeah. where we are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the millionaires out there, God bless them. They do a lot of good things for the world around them. But the majority of the population are, are paycheck to paycheck, everyday families, just like struggling every day. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us could live very comfortably on a hundred to 200,000 a year. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just figure out the 50,000 to 60,000 and then go from 60 to 70 and just do those little baby steps, we'll have exactly what we need when we need it. Yeah. True story. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Judy. I know this is going to be um, a very popular episode because like, you know, we've been saying we're not, we're not alone. A lot of people will be out there taking notes. I'm sure of it. Absolutely. Well, I'm just honored to be here and get to share some of my passion and my, um, just the tools that we have, the people don't even know are available. You know, you Mm -hmm. have tools available. Absolutely. So as a, as we finish up, share with everybody how they can reach out to you if they'd like to work with you. Well, the best way to find me is on our website. It's Judy Marshall and associates.com. I do not work alone. <laughs> so we have, we have several people on our team, but Judy Marshall and a N D is spelled out Judy Marshall and associates.com. Um, there's contact information there. And my Gmail is the same Judy Marshall and associates at gmail.com. Um, those are the best ways to find me. If you just need advice, all my services, by the way, are free. I don't charge for my services or my consultations. Oh, wow. Um, I just don't believe that that's, if you already are in financial dire straits, the last thing you need is a bill to get them in order. It doesn't make any logical sense to me. So um, my initial um, consultation is always free. My I don't have an hourly wage or anything like that. And then, um, yeah, and a, really a financial checkup is a good starting point. That's where I start with almost everybody. That's a $200 value that I offer for free as well. Um, so if you just put podcast in your email, then you get that $200 value free. But that's a that's an online little app that I use on my phone to like assess where you are today. So we kind of take a snapshot and know where to go forward. And then we use it as we go forward as well. So Perfect. yeah, super simple, super practical. Great. And we will make sure we put that in the show notes as well. So Awesome. Well, so nice to meet you. You yes, too, thank you, Judy. Thanks again. And thank you listeners. And we will talk at you again next week. Oh, and I wanted to note that um, we are going to be going into season two of conversations on life, work, and love. And we're going to put a big emphasis on talks like we've had with Judy here today, just um, women getting together to chit chat, uh, coffee talks, wine talks, whatever you want to call them, just talking about our passions and our stories and how we got here. So if you're interested in sharing your story, or maybe you want um, a coaching session with us, please reach out to us at conversations on life, 
workandloveatgmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites. You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.